Next up on Talk Zone is Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva. Are you concerned about your job? Concerned about losing it? Concerned about not having the tools needed to reinvent your career or to reposition yourself in the workplace? If the answer to any of these questions is yes, or even if you just want to be a part of the workplace improvement revolution, then join the conversation right now on Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva. Now, here are your hosts, Charlie and Eva. Hey, welcome everyone to Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva. Hi, Eva. Hello, Charles. Um, We are broadcasting live, safe and secure in a bunker somewhere in Florida. (laughs) Um, And hopefully we'll remain. Yes. Absolutely, yes. Uh, We have a really good show today. um, Very appropriate. And uh, the theme is... Lying. Lying. Um, Which is really cool. I want to just go over a few things first. You know, start off a little lighter and then we'll... Will gradually go into the meat, do some damage. Got it. Right. Yeah. Um, first, I just have a, a quick thing, and I have to get these things out of my head. Right. So, um, so quick Beatles trivia. Okay. Um, now we know that the boys kind of had a falling out at the end, and there were some songs written about each other that were not that great. What I didn't realize is that Ringo, who we love, right, mm. had a song as well. Back off, Boogaloo. I learned was a slam against Paul. I had no idea. I, I'm stunned. You see? That's really cool. So that's I'm a t- gobsmacked. <laughs> that's a takeaway today. And another quick thing I want to mention, I learned this, actually learned this um, from Bob Dylan. Um, the origin of a baker's dozen. I, do you know where it came from? I did used to know because it's 13. Yeah. Yeah. No. Well, apparently they had some issues with government even back then. Yeah. But way back in the day, what was happening is the bakers were skimming and, you know, skimming back on the dough mm. and their their bread was light. Really? Yeah. That I didn't know. And in order to compensate, they said, OK, so from now on, your dozen has to have 13. It's very interesting, Charles. You're just a cornucopia of like yeah. fun facts today. So, you know, like I said, apparently they were having some issues with their government at the time. Um, I guess, you know, these things happen. Okay, so lying. Oh, man, what a topic that is, right? Yeah. Um, something I learned from Kane, um, you know, the kung fu guy mm. in the TV show. Mm-hmm. When you speak truth. You only remember one story. That's what he said. Try to, you know. Yeah, that was good. <laughs> so, so that's really cool. Um, but I wanted to ask you: mm. Do you know where the term "lying through your teeth" came from? No, I don't. Again, I'm I, killing I'm it, right? Yes. So, all right. So this goes way back as well. Probably, you know, with the Baker's Dozen era. Okay. You know. Lying through your teeth goes all the way back to the 14th century. Really? Yeah. And if I was to paraphrase it and spin it so that we understand it today in my own words, mm. it's when you lie while you're smiling Ooh. and the other person does not have a clue that you're a liar. 
right? Yeah. And that's actually why we're talking about this today. Right. And um, so that's cool. So lying through your teeth is really nasty. It's someone that's just out and out lying, ridiculous. Right. But just smiling at you the whole time. So there's one word that distinguishes pathological liar from a compulsive liar. Mm, okay. You know what that word is? No. It goes back to a recent show that we did, empathy. Oh, okay. So a pathological liar doesn't have that empathy, so it means nothing to them. They're like sociopathic. Yeah. Mm. Uh, as a compulsive liar might care, so they might say something like, uh, oh, you look good today. Yeah, yeah, you look nice. Yeah, you right? too, yeah. So that's the difference. Mm, okay. Right? So these are all of the things we're up against when it comes to lying. Yeah, and you know, I think that we consider ourselves fairly sophisticated people. Yes. Up to a point. Up to right? a point. Yeah, and that we kind of thought that we would be able to spot a liar, right? And yet, a couple years ago, we were stunningly brilliantly played totally played and not on a one event thing just no day in day out life right someone that we knew we thought intimately for five years turned out that everything she had told us about her background and even what she was doing was a total lie about parents not living that were very much alive Siblings that were around that lived across the country, which she's an only. It child. was really scary. It was really scary. And you know, it makes you wonder, right? Mm -hmm. uh, how easy it is to, I guess, invalidate any truth. Right. And so, what the reason that um, we're talking about this today is because I was reading a book, which I'm going to talk about a little bit later, but it, it kind of brought all of this back because I hadn't even really thought about her when I came up with the topic of lying. That wasn't even for foremost in my mind, but yet I was going back to that and I started thinking about that and I'm like, oh my gosh, you know, and all the shame that comes around when you find out that you've been played, right? Yeah. There's like some shame around that. And the only thing that saved me from really going under, because I was very close with this person, was the fact that there was a number of us that had been. Yeah, played. she scammed everyone. Yeah. And it wasn't even a, a scam about money. It wasn't a scam about anything. It just it started out that it from day one, the lies were just one right after the other. And I think it took over and she couldn't stop it. She was lying through her teeth. She was lying through her teeth and she um, wasn't always smiling, though. And then um, so we have that that happened. And then I have a good friend that found out that her husband had been lying about finances to the point where there was unscrupulous people involved. The FBI came in, swooped in, and he is now in prison. And she had a very hard time reconciling in her own mind how this could have happened, how yeah. she could have been played like this by somebody that she loved, trusted, had children with. Crazy. And the, the more you look, mm -hmm. the more you see, right? Um, we talked this morning about it may be, it may sound simple, but it's very difficult to cop to a lie, right? And, you know, once you 
get into the habit of not copying to a lie. Right. You become a compulsive liar. Um, you yeah, know. but but you don't even realize that you're doing it. You know, I was thinking even more about just like day to day things like when we were young, you would have doctors saying, well, you should smoke because it's good for you. Right. And then you found out that the tobacco companies were lying about the research. Yeah. And that cigarettes are not good for you. Now, of course, if you kind of think about that whole thing, right, like like being in a burning building isn't good for you. Right, <laughs> like inhaling smoke well, from a burning building isn't good. But from a but from Paul Mall, right? From a Paul Mall, you know, <laughs> or Winston. Um, yeah, no, it's it's complicated. Um, you know, going back, I remember looking at um, commercials when I was a kid about mm-hmm. McDonald's and how go light, have a fillet of fish. Right, which ended up not being light at all. I mean, yeah, and and even what we did with the ketogenic diet when we learned about that and we learned about sugar and we learned about how bad sugar was for you, and the next thing you know, we go on keto, and all the years that I struggled with Jenny Craig, Weight Watchers, I mean, boot camp, personal trainers, boom, thirty speed. Pounds. No, I did not do speed. Thank you. Um, 30 pounds just fell off. Yeah. Things fell off and didn't ever come back. They're gone. Bye-bye. Right. We were sucked into those lies. Right. And so you get sucked into the lies. And so what happens is the trust is broken. By the way, just yes. real quick for a second. Yes. Um, you said how sugar is not good for you. Mm. You don't mean me only, me personally. It's just a general statement. It's not good. Right. Okay. And so... So just stepping back with that a second, right? Do you consider yourself a person of integrity? Well, I'd be I'd be stupid to say no, right? Right. On live uh, radio. Radio, yeah, right. yeah, yes. As a matter of fact, I do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I think we all consider ourselves people of integrity. Yet, when you think about it, we lie consistently. We lie consistently. And right down to, so how are you? Yeah, good. Yeah, because why? Because we don't want to hear what's really happening. How do you like it down here? Nice. Because there's a part of us that in order to be just a social human being, you have to, you cover stuff up. Yeah. And because of that, you start losing, truly, your authenticity. Yeah. And people don't think of it that way. I mean, I never thought of it that way, but truly you start losing your authenticity. In order to fit in, you start losing your authenticity. And then it starts blowing up. You know, we've all heard of spin doctors. We've all heard of alternative facts, heard of white lies. I remember, um, yeah, Roger Clemens, when he was on trial for the steroids era in baseball, Mm. he said, no, no, that didn't happen. He misremembered. He misremembered, right. Or... um, the cyclist, why can't I think of his name? Oh, uh, Neil. Oh, no. No, Lance. Lance Armstrong. Yeah, Lance Armstrong. And all of that lying that he did. Yeah. And I mean, and then once you start finding out, it just is like one right after the other. Tiger Woods, right? I mean, all of that. There's been so much in the news. We don't even have to look at what's happening currently. I mean, there's just been all this stuff in the past. Bernie M. Yeah. And, and we'll talk about Bernie M. But there's a lot of that. And so... 
the reason I'm even talking about this today, because I think it's so important that we start shining a light on it, because I even know, like way back in the day when I first started working, somebody that I worked with said, Eve, you're going to have to learn how to lie better in meetings, because every time you lie, you turn red. And actually, I want to talk about that because most of the time I wasn't lying. I would just get nervous. Mm. And so people thought I was lying. And so that's another thing is that we think that we know a liar, that we could spot a liar. And that's what I want to talk about, because a good liar, you're not going to be able to spot. And it's way more than that, because, you know, how do you how do you do the right thing? I mean, where does it end? The lying is out of control. Right. Right. But we keep spinning it. I mean, I even remember like when I was a kid and I would really hang on like my dad's words, right? Like my dad would tell me stuff and I would think like, wow, he's just so smart. And what I found out later as I got older is that, yeah, he was really smart, but he always filled in some yeah. of the stuff. So like, you know, he would tell you something and I can't think of anything. I couldn't think of anything right offhand, but he would tell you something and it would be half true. And then the other part that he didn't really know about or, you know, thought whatever about, he would embellish it, right? Yeah. And I would say to him, like, later when I got older, I'm like, wait, 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 that, it's not true. That didn't happen. That didn't happen. Yeah. And he would say, well, part of that happened. You know, oh, something no. happened. It's like, so who cares? You know, it was always this, so who cares? But all of a sudden, my trust in his brilliance came down a notch. That could fall under the heading of alt alternative facts it was alternative facts it was more like well here's a half fact and then let me fill in the rest of the fact that i don't really know about but as you were saying when we were talking about this this morning you were saying you know there's really truly only one truth right there's only one truth the more complicated the uh spin the more likely it's a lie yeah the more complicated it gets i mean there truly is only one Fact. The rest is judgment, opinion. Right. Right. And it's no right or wrong. It's just truth. When you speak truth, it's only one story Thank to you, remember. Katie. Thank you. Katie. Um, we are going to take our first break. Yes, we are. And then we're going to come right back into it because this is out of control and we're going to have ways to get around it. So stay with us. We'll be right back. This is Charlie Lobosco. If you're working on a development project practicing agile methodologies, this message is for you, regardless of your role on the team. Agile is a faster, smarter, and more efficient way to develop and deliver continuous results. If this is not happening in your agile environment, reach out right now. My agile coaching and certification training programs empower you with agile skills that encourage collaboration, increase productivity, and even improve overall team morale. Now that's making a difference. I say, become Agile certified the right way, regardless of your role on the team, and then watch what happens. Reach out right now to charlie at charlieandiva.com and let's continue this conversation. Your future is counting on you. And now let's return to Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva on TalkZone.com. Hey, thanks for staying with us. This is Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva. And today we're talking about lying. Your lion eyes. Lying. You remember, did you ever hear that joke? No. About the uh, woman that stumbled upon her husband in bed with another woman she, when she came? Get out of here. She did. And then, you know what he said to her? No. She, he said, 
that's not what you saw. That's wrong. I wasn't with in bed with another woman. She said, I saw you with my own eyes. And he said, are you going to believe me or your lion eyes? So where do you go with that? <laughs> that is just. However, there is only one truth. Yeah. <laughs> right. There is only one truth. But that's what I mean. Nothing matters when you're in that mode of just spinning. And when you're in the mode of spinning, right, you're going to do whatever it takes to get out of that mode. Right. It, it, whatever it takes to get out of what happened. So. Let me take a little step back and discuss why I wanted to talk about lying today anyway. I was listening to the audiobook version, which I would highly recommend, of Malcolm Gladwell's Talking to Strangers. And it is a great book. And in this book, he discusses a number of famous cases and how encounters between strangers went totally wrong. And part of the book talks about lying. And so he talks about Amanda Knox. That was the young girl that was accused of her and her boyfriend were accused of killing um, her roommate in Italy. She spent time in prison for that. Jerry Sandusky, the coach. Um, Sandra Bland, the young woman that was stopped by a police officer and and arrested and three days later was found dead in her jail cell. She had um, committed suicide. And Brock Turner the young kid that was um, accused of raping a young woman and he was caught by a garbage dump, right? And two young guys found him and chased him down. And also, of course, there's Bernie Madoff. But the one thing in the book that I found really stunning was um, this case of a woman named Anna Montez. And she was a spy within the CIA under Castro's Cuba. And she was a star. She was a star in the CIA. So she was hired by the CIA. She was hired by the CIA. And told to go spy by, on Castro. Vetted by, no, vetted by the CIA. And something happened. There was a plane that had been downed um, with like civilian people that were trying to rescue um, Cubans that were trying to come across mm-hmm. to Key West. And it turned out that the way it was all handled was very fast. And there was one guy in the CIA that said, hang on a second. This seems like somebody within the CIA knew what was happening. Like we have a spy in our ranks. Right. And it was such a, the the story was absolutely riveting. And so what happened was they brought her in to question her because this guy said all fingers point to her, but how can this be? She's like a superstar here. She's a superstar. So anyway, all this stuff goes on. You'll want to read the book or listen to the audio book. Um, but anyway, at the end of the day, it turns out that they interviewed her like all these guys, these seasoned guys. Right? So where were you on a night of the right. 17th? They interviewed her and they were just like, no, she's cool. She's okay. It took five years to figure out that she was a spy for Castro. Every single day, every single day, she went home, took out her little radio out of a shoebox, and reported back what she could remember that happened to that day straight to Cuba, wow. to Havana. That's right? crazy. Five years. And when um, and they finally caught her, and I can't remember exactly how it was that she was caught, but... The thing to me that was so that stood out about that whole story was the fact that her brother didn't even know she was a spy. 
Okay. Her brother didn't even know. So people close to her didn't even know that she was a spy. And she wasn't doing anything that was really that spy-like. You know, it's not like Jason Bourne, Bourne Identity. Right, right. right. Matt Damon. So she would just go home and share. She would just go home and share, right? And, um, And so, and the other thing that stood out for me was, it must have been, you know, how... YouTube kind of listens to what you're doing or looking around, right? So the next thing you know, on YouTube, I get on my feed, something pops up that says, you know, like an ex-CIA director, you know, shows you how to spot a liar. And I'm like, I don't think you guys are very good at it, right? (laughs) I don't think you're very good at it. Because they had other spies. There was other cases that in the book, like I said, you got to read the book. But anyway, in the book, they also talked about all these guys that the CIA had vetted to join the ranks that were spies for Havana. Like Castro had a zillion people throughout the organization and nobody caught it. And like one guy was like a raging alcoholic and they didn't catch it. They didn't catch that he was a spy. So how can you, as a basic person, be able to figure out liars? Yeah, and... What scares me about that is I'm not sure it was even part of the plan. The CIA guys weren't re- – truth and lying didn't even come into play. Um, sometimes I – you know, where does it end? I think sometimes people will say it's the truth when it fits their agenda. Yeah. And so that's the other thing. So one of the things um, about the book is he talks about, you know, we think we can see into the hearts of others based on the flimsiest of clues. And so we jump at the chance. He's blinking. He's blinking. He's blinking. Yeah, right. He's he's a blinky, right? <laughs> like that person we work with. <laughs> but so we jump at the chance to to judge strangers which we would never do to ourselves because we're nuanced and we're complicated, but everybody else we judge. And so, so many times we think we know who the liar is. Excuse me. I have dry eye. Right. So we think we know who the liar is, but what really comes out in the book, which I think is really fascinating is how a really good liar, nobody catches them and they, and they don't even have to be that sophisticated. You know, they don't have to be that sophisticated. Like, you know They're just like, yeah. oh, no, what are you talking about? Everything's fine, right? Because of a couple of things. And so in the book, in a few chapters, he leans on the work of um, this professor, Timothy Levine. And Timothy Levine wrote a book called Duped. And what Timothy Levine's research over the years, because he's like studied lying like his whole career. Jeez. Um shows that we tend to, as humans, err on the side of truth. We are truth biased. Okay? So it's not like we're searching for the truth. It's we think people are always telling the truth. Right. We err on the side of truth. We don't we drill feel down. that people are truthful, right? Yeah. So that's why, you know, you'll see so many times spouses one was having an affair and the other confronts them and that person says 
no, there's no issue. I love you. Everything's fine. And you just want to believe that. So you err on the side of truth. You have a truth bias. Just like with our mutual friend who had, you know, a troublesome, disastrous life. You want to believe it. Right. You want to believe it because there was no reason for her to have lied to us. There was no money involved. There was there was nothing. I mean, there was there was no scam. There was no there was no scam. There was no nothing. I mean, there was no one stole from anybody. There was none of that. It was only that the background was completely fabricated, which made it an even more stunning lie yeah. because there was no reason for it. Yeah, it was like a a Ponzi scheme about life. Right, and the only reason it all came crashing down is because somebody ran in to her parents, right? And it's like the AT and T commercial. She knew that like, we were going to start finding out. I thought you died. I thought you died. <laughs> right, that's exactly right. And so here we are. We aired on the side of truth. Some of the some of the stories seemed far fetched, but there was no reason for the lie. There was no reason for it. Yeah. yeah. So and you're always thinking, nah, it's okay. And so they talk about Jerry Sandusky and the guy that saw Jerry Sandusky in the shower with what he thought was a young kid, but yet it took him a long time to report it. And then by the time he reported it, everybody was against him by the time the whole Sandusky thing went tumbling down and it ruined his life. It ruined his life for telling. But he, like he said, you think you're seeing something, but you're not sure. Can't and be. This is, it can't be, right? Yeah. I mean, this is a well-respected coach. How yeah. can this be happening? And so you try to you try to go the other way. You try to tell yourself that, no, this isn't happening. And so his research shows that. Um, you want to believe that another person's communication is honest. You know, like... And it's also... The reason why people will believe a lot of stuff out on the internet. And we were just watching The Social Dilemma, right? And we know that there's stuff out on the internet, especially the memes that are just like, you know, giving you some kind of factoid with a crazy picture, right? Yeah. And you immediately want to believe that it's true because it's targeted toward your bias. Right. So is there no truth in your bias? Right. And some of it can be truth. You know, it can be my dad. It's half truth and half embellishment. So there's a kernel of truth. And then you've got the alternative fact. So you've got a touch of the truth with an opinion, with a judgment. It's all pretty interesting. And, you know, you could apply that all the way up the chain, right? I mean, even today in the between even in the government and in politics and news media and so on. Right. And. You've got all, once you believe something, you've got all this, you can have all this fact behind it, but yet you still won't believe that they would be lying so, to you. Um, is there no such thing as truth? I mean, we know there's only one truth, but it gets so buried, it becomes meaningless. Well, no, I mean, of course there's truth, right? I mean, there is truth. 
But the deal is, is that there's a lot of times that because we err on the side of truth, because we go with truth, we have a bias towards truth, the liars can get away with a lot. Hmm. And that's the problem. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So that's what we're talking about today. We're talking about lying. We're diving deep into lying, you know, and how to start looking at how to protect ourselves a little bit, too. All right. We're going to go ahead and take our second break. This is Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva. We'll be right back. Did you know Eva and I have a really cool e-commerce shopping site? It's shopcharlieandeva.com. Check it out. You'll find custom designs that might just make a statement about you. And some great gift items, too. That's shopcharlieandeva.com. We're adding more designs every month, so be sure to keep checking back in. One last time, shopcharlieandeva.com. Let's get back to Charlie and Eva for more corporate talk on TalkZone. Hey, welcome back, everyone. Um, Eva and I are discussing everything we can about lying through mm-hmm. some good research. Eva, by the way, um, I don't know. It kind of scares me because um, it's sort of like a bad, a bad attribute everyone seems to have at their disposal. You know, right? Um, and before the break, you left us with something that I just want to repeat, and that is that liars get away with a lot. Because of our truth bias, because we are biased to believe people. Now, so the question then is asked, well, then should we as a society not trust anyone? And he talks about it in the book, and I agree, is that no, we should be trusting people because most people are, for the most part, honest. They try to have integrity. We try to be honest. We try to tell the truth. And so... Yes, as a society, we should be trusting. However, we should be open to the possibility if, if something, you know, doesn't pass the smell test. Yeah. There could be an issue. Yeah. So we should be open to that. And one of the things that Levine's research came up with, which I thought was really, really, really interesting, was the probing effect. And what he means by the probing effect, I was kind of searching around on his website. What he means by the probing effect is that people think that if you question someone and they seem truthful, that it enhances the truth bias, but not the accuracy of what you're seeing. So in Gladwell's book, he talks about Neville Chamberlain, who is prime minister of England, went and met with Hitler and After he met with him, he believed him. He felt like he looked Hitler in the eye. He had a warm handshake with him. They talked and talked and talked. And no, Hitler doesn't want to take over Europe. He just, you know, wants to have just a little bit of something and, you know, then he'll be okay. Wet his beak. Wet his beak, right? So so Neville Chamberlain came back. It was just like, you know, congratulations all around. But Churchill the whole time was like, no. This guy is crazy. He wants to take over. You're not seeing it. And what happens is, and it's the same thing with Anna Montes. They interviewed her. The guy interviewed her, a seasoned CIA guy. And after the interview, he said, no, she's on the up and up. She's okay. You know, there's he wanted her to be. 
it wasn't even so much that he wanted her to be. He felt that she was okay. But when he went back years later and went through that interview again, there was one point where he asked if she had seen anybody the night that she went home. It's, it's like I said, it's all in the book. And he said she stopped. He said we were having this light conversation. We were joking. And he said she just stopped in her tracks. And he said, in hindsight, she looked like a deer in headlights. And what it was, was she went home and they had told her in Havana, if she saw somebody that she had worked with from the Havana office in front of her home or that night anywhere, that she was to report back and she saw somebody in front of her house. And she thought that that guy knew that she had seen Uh, that guy. Yeah. But... In hindsight, she then covered it up and he kept going and the probing effect took effect. And he's like, no, she's fine. And it was the same thing with Neville Chamberlain. And so what he was talking about in the book was about judges and how judges feel that if they look a suspect in the eye, that they can tell if they're lying or not. And what they found was they created a computer program and the program was more accurate in determining if somebody would um, commit a crime again, much more so than the judge was from looking at somebody in the face. Because there's a lot to what people do. And sometimes people, like, I'm kind of a nervous person. People don't really realize that, but I'm a nervous person. If somebody was, like, on top of me questioning me, I would look like I was lying. I mean, just like what he said to me in the meeting. Yeah, so a software program will have all that taken into account. Well, it kind of has it, like, kind of taken out and goes by just what the the facts are of the cases. Mm. And then it determines it. Not so much by what you're doing. And that's what, when they talk about Amanda Knox, that's what they talked about was that she was quirky. And they felt that because of the quirkiness, she was lying. When... The truth was she wasn't lying at all. And they just built a case around that quirkiness because she didn't fit the typical mold of somebody that was accused of a crime that wasn't really guilty. But this bugs me, right? Yeah. And it, because, you know, what do you do? And it, the truth has become so muddled that, like, I mean, I agree there's always the truth. It's always there. Mm-hmm. But does it have any value anymore if you can't get to it? And when you get to it, it's at the endless bottom of, of spin pit that you just keep going after that. Why stop? Right, because there's there's different ways. And we learned this in corporate. Let's not forget. There's different ways to show budget numbers, actual and numbers, project status, all sorts of things. Yeah, Right. There's different ways to to show it to make it look a little bit more favorable. Now, what happens is, is some people will take that and go the distance like a Bernie Madoff. Right. So here's Bernie Madoff. You invest with him. You see that he's creating these unbelievable returns on investment. How could this be? He's smart. He's got smart pock. He's got smart pock, right? (laughs) So he's smart. So he's he's coming up with returns on investment. He's on the cover of every magazine. He's on boards. I mean, how could this possibly be wrong? I mean, there's there's regulators. There's people looking at it. Well, there was one guy, one guy 
who, when he was young, his uncles and his father ran Greek diners. And he said, and I would see how people would try to steal from them. You know, my uncles would go after them, but I saw how many people tried to steal. And so he didn't have a truth bias. He has the opposite. He believes just about everybody's got some larceny in their heart. And he saw Bernie Madoff and he said, hang on a second. Yeah. This makes no sense. How are all these other money managers showing different returns up and down where all this guy ever shows is growth, growth, growth. It doesn't make sense. You know what? I think people were saying, "Uh, you know what? I don't know. I just know the numbers are going up and I'm good. Well, that's exactly right. And he's on the cover of every magazine. So how can this, how can this be? Like, how can he not be on the up and up? Aren't regulators looking at him? How could, how could it not be truthful? And it would have kept going because this guy went and reported him a number of times and no one would listen. And the reason it all came crumbling down, I believe, is when the economy tanked and people started pulling their money out. Yeah. And he didn't have the money to cover it. Yeah. Because really, if you think about it, he was showing these returns. He had his guy up there fixing the numbers and creating these statements. And, it, and really, I mean, if you think about how stunningly complicated it was to create statements for people. Yeah. Right. And bringing on new investors and and creating statements and having people working for you and having your sons there. And the sons supposedly didn't know because both the sons are gone. You know, they went under from this and people are still believing it. And then all of a sudden the economy tanks and people are pulling their money and there's no money. Right. And not only that, had it not happened like that. He could have probably kept going until he was long gone. And the people that had received money had to give it back. They had to give it back. That's unbelievable. That's a tough one. Yeah. Yeah. That's really, really bad. I mean, but what do you do? I mean, how do you know? You can't. Okay. You, you're probably going to say, trust your gut. But, you know, I hate to say this, right? But we lie too. Right. And that's actually what I want to talk about. That's what I want to talk about going forward. So I'm reading all this and it's stunning in what you're hearing, but you're thinking, well, how in integrity are we? You, you think about it just on a daily basis. How, how really integrity in integrity are you? I mean, there's always little ways to spin stuff, always ways to hide stuff, always ways to not fully tell the truth. Well, I'll give you a quick example. Mm-hmm. The, um, public service announcement that we proudly air here about don't text and drive. And I see people on the road and it is just the most dangerous thing. And, you know, unfortunately I catch myself texting. And I yell at you about texting and driving. And, you know, I'm I'm copping to it because of your training. Um, But, you know, what do you do? I mean, if... Who do? How do you trust your own gut? Yeah, so that's what we have to talk about, right? Because it actually starts with just having some awareness that you're even doing it. And so from there, I started looking at something else. So you know me, I've got like, thank goodness for the Kindle, because I've got like, you know, five books at any one time open. And I'm you're pulling a reader. from here, I'm pulling from there, I'm, I'm looking stuff up. Um 
and I'm kind of putting two and two together. And there was something that I read and then saw on YouTube when I was looking at the work of Gabor Mate. And Gabor Mate um, is a doctor, and he wrote a book about, and let me make sure that, because I always get these, there's two guys that wrote a book about bodies. So, So his book is When the Body Says No. And what it is is about the stress connection of stress and disease. So you think, well, what's that got to do with lying? He said something in a YouTube video that just, struck me straight between the eyes. So he's a survivor of the Holocaust. He was a little kid. And his mother was a very stressed out mother. And he said, as a child, you learn, you want to attach to your parent. But when you have a parent that's deeply stressed, you lose authenticity in order to keep to accommodate her, right to in order to keep the attachment. Because if you don't accommodate her, she's not going to be able to handle it. And you're afraid that you're going to be abandoned. And once you lose authenticity, all bets are off. All bets are off. And a lot of us do it. I think more more people do it than don't do it. So then I was thinking about that. And, and the example that he gave, I thought was really good. So he was already in his 50s and he had had knee surgery and his mom was in the hospital And he was walking with a limp because he had the surgery in the morning. And when he walked into her hospital room, he didn't have a limp. And when he left her hospital room, he didn't have a limp until he got in the hallway and then he started limping. And he said it didn't even hit him that he did that until he was in the hallway walking. And he said, it's not like my mom couldn't handle the fact that her son that's in his 50s had some minor knee surgery. I was just so attuned to not having her worry about anything. I subconsciously just started walking without a limp. Jeez. Right? So when you think about that, when you think about that attachment piece, I started thinking a little deeper on that because I thought, well, where else are we attached? We're attached to work. Yeah. And how many times have we lost our authentic self in order to keep the work? Yeah. Oh, no, I I agree. We should do it this way. (laughs) Oh, absolutely. When the whole time you're thinking this is so stunningly stupid, I don't even know what to say to you right now. Crazy. And so instead we turn around and we go, we eat it and we lose a little another another little piece of our authenticity. And we say, yeah, no, you know, we're on time and under budget. We're good. Good to go. G to G. Jeez. Yeah. So So, we're part of the problem. Right. And that's the piece that we have to look at. And that's, so people are probably thinking like, how are you coming up with Gabor Mate and Malcolm Gladwell? But I see that connection very clearly because in order to be, have our attachment, we lose authenticity. And as we lose authenticity, we're lying. Yeah. We're lying because we're not who we are. Yeah. Right? So let's go ahead and take our final break. This is is getting too complicated. It's complicated. This is Corporate Talk with Charlie Neva. We'll be right back. Let's face it. Getting noticed at work can be tough. And if you're someone that struggles with anxiety when giving a presentation, voicing your opinion, or sharing your skills with other professionals, it can be even tougher. Hi, I'm Eva Levandusky, and I know how it feels. 
You have the confidence, yet when all eyes are on you, the fear can kick in. I tried everything from Toastmasters to hypnosis and nothing helped. But in my search, I uncovered a secret. There was nothing wrong with me. I just needed the right combination of tools and support. So I developed my own program that teaches you how to calm the physical symptoms, stop the negative self-talk, and shows you how to confidently step into the role of leader, regardless of your job title. If you do the work, this program is not only effective, it's fast. So reach out to me at Eva at charlieandeva.com for a free 30-minute consultation. It's your turn to step into the spotlight. Welcome back to Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva on TalkZone.com. Thanks for staying with us. This is Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva. And today we are talking about lion. We are. Yes. And I spun it in a different direction, which I think has stunned you somewhat, Charles. Oh, I'm I'm stunned. (laughs) But really, when you start looking at lying and that we what we're understanding is that we think we can spot a liar but you really can't it's really hard to spot a liar because we err on the side of truth which is not necessarily a bad thing i want to just go over the thing about losing your authenticity yeah i agree a hundred percent that it's difficult to spot a liar. Mm -hmm. And I think that's part of it, right? Because we learn our role so good, we get good at it. We We don't even know, right? Yes, Um, absolutely. And and I'm understanding the relationship between losing your authenticity and lying. I get it, right? Mm Mm-hmm. And we did discuss this a little bit earlier. We did. We talked about Karen Carpenter. Yes. And we talked about the the video we saw of her playing the drums. Yes. And she was phenomenal. She was unbelievable. And she was happy and she was pumped. And that was totally... I had no idea that was totally her thing. Yeah. Was the drums way before singing. She didn't even want to sing. Right. So... Her whole life was a lie. Her yes. whole entertainment life was a lie. And look how she look at what happened. Died. Yeah, exactly. And so that's why we can talk about other people being liars, but we have to look internally at our own authenticity and how and making sure that we are authentic in what we do. Because what did Bernie Madoff? Well, this is in my head. Bernie Madoff was attached to wealth and status. And in order to get that, I don't know, I mean, I'm not his psychiatrist, but in order to get that, obviously what he was doing wasn't working. So he found a way to make that work. Yeah. And then once that lie starts snowballing, you can't pull that back. It's impossible. It's you impossible can't pull it to pull it back. How is he going to turn around and say, you know what, guys, n- none of this is real. You know how you say, um, if you if you say someone is a bad guy once or whatever, mm-hmm. eventually. Oh, if you see one in the morning, then it's you ran into a bad guy. But if you see one in morning, afternoon, and evening, then you're the bad guy. Yeah. yeah. So if in the morning you're spun about something being a hoax, mm-hmm. then, you know, maybe you uncovered something that your gut is telling you is a hoax. 
But by the end of the day, if there's been 10 occurrences of the hoax, different hoax, that's a hoax. That's a hoax. Hoax don't grow on trees. Then that's a problem. That's a problem because you're seeing everything through that lens. And that means that a lot of what you're doing is also a hoax. Yeah. Oh, right. That's a hoax. Yeah. Yeah. It's like you get a car, you get a car. Or if that's everybody's a, hoax. a liar, if you feel that everybody's lying, everything <laughs> is fake, everybody's lying around you, it's a really good chance that you're the liar because you're thinking like that all the time. Yeah. You know you're not telling the truth. So you have to find somehow y- your authentic self and cop to it. And cop to it. That's the hardest part because finding that authenticity That's why I thought what he said and how simply he said it was so brilliant. Because in order to keep the attachment, you lose the authenticity. And that's around so many things. That's around your family. That's around your friends. That's around your work. We lose that. It's also around your well-being because, you know, like in Bernie Madoff's case, um, if you try to find your authentic self, that all comes tumbling down. You'll end oh, up yeah. in jail. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it happened on its own. Right. But, you know, um, eventually right. it, it, it will happen. Now, and so, you know, as you know, I watch a lot of different things. How do you have so. time with all the reading that you do? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm watching Jordan Peterson, like, I don't know. He stumbled upon my feed and all of a sudden I kind of got into him and I go back and forth on how I feel about him. But anyway, he was talking about authenticity in terms of work. And somebody said, well, yeah, but if you're authentic at work, you could lose your job. And he said, yeah, but if you're not authentic, if you live your life from an inauthentic place constantly, you are going to become angry and resentful. And so that is much more important than worrying about what to do about the job. And And I, you know, I was on the fence with that. I understood what he was saying, but I think that's an extremely difficult thing to do. We've certainly seen that in corporate. Well, yeah. And I mean, we've seen it with ourselves too, but trying to get at least to that kernel of authenticity. So maybe at work, you're not fully authentic, but at least you're doing it at home or you're doing it with your hobby or you're doing it, you're having an authentic moment somewhere where you're feeling fully like yourself. And sometimes it takes sitting down and writing, who am I to figure it out? Um, So this is important. So, Doing that, mm-hmm. writing stuff down, and you've been saying that a lot, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, I was getting gas in the car the other morning, mm-hmm. and they had a little video on the pump that right. they do now. And our good friend Maria Menudos, who we love at the movies, <laughs> was saying, if you write stuff down, mm-hmm. that helps discipline your rational brain to train your emotional brain, Mm, mm -hmm. you know? So if you cop to being authentic and start writing things down like that, right? I think just doing that is a good start. It is a good start because if you dive deeper into the work of Gabor Mate, what he will tell you is that if you don't allow your authentic self to come out, 
your body will rebel. And that's where he sees illness. It's a really interesting And it's book. really hard, too, in a relationship because of bullying, which we didn't get into. Right. I wanted to talk about um, that, but we didn't get that far. You know, who's the aggressor in the relationship in terms of personality right. or at work mm-hmm. or, you know, in the media and politics? Mm-hmm. Um, maybe that's um, a takeaway to carry over into another show. Right. And what I wanted to end with, because we're running out of time, what I wanted to end with is that I do – as does Malcolm Gladwell, believe that as a society, it is better for us to trust people because most people are, for the most most part, trustworthy. But it's also important for us to look at our own role in how trustworthy we are because we tend to judge others easily and think we know others and think that we can figure it out. But we tend to let ourselves slide when it comes to our own integrity. Well, plus, it's very difficult to make that line in the sand. It is very difficult. You know, and walk away if you have to. Say something if you have to. Right. It is. It's really difficult. And that empowers the the liar because they know that. Right. They do know that. They do know that. Jeez. We need to work on this. Yeah. So we need to work on it. So really what this show is about was some food for thought to think about your own integrity, we look at people, we'll say, well, this one's lying, that one's lying, or this one's truthful, and other people will say that one's lying. Erase the board on all of that, as you would say, and look at yourself. Yep. And and are you coming from an authentic place? Because that's And I mean, truth. I'm looking at myself, too. I mean, I'm not saying that I'm always authentic. Yeah. Yeah, so I think it's really important. And I just wanted to go back and say, some of the reference material was Timothy Levine with his book Duped. There was Malcolm Gladwell with Talking to Strangers, which I highly recommend on audiobook, and Gabor Mate, M A T E, with When the Body Says. No. Excellent research. Um, yes. And I just want to say one quick thing mm-hmm. one more time. When you speak the truth, there's only one story to remember. That's exactly right. So. I want to thank you all for listening today. If you have any questions for us, please reach out to us at info at charlieandeva.com. And until then, have a great week. Yeah. Bye, guys. We're more to come on this topic. Yes. Take care. You've been listening to Corporate Talk with Charlie and Diva. Special thanks to our producer, Randy Meyer, and the entire TalkZone family. All of our replays are available at TalkZone.com or download the free TalkZone app so you can listen to our show at any time. Your suggestions and comments are always welcome. Just email us at info at charlieandiva.com. Thanks again for listening.